You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Wow, blonde and mighty. That's nice. Thank you. Hi, everybody. (laughs) How are we doing tonight? We feeling good? Yes? Good? Okay, I know what you all are thinking right now. Who is this blonde girl wearing a Miami Heat basketball t-shirt right now? And I will have you know, I am a huge fan of Googling facts about teams I know nothing about. So here's a couple fun facts about the Miami Heat. The head coach is Eric Spolstra. I'm not 100% sure if these are accurate, so you guys, if you know anything about basketball, they do, in fact, they hail from the city of Miami in Florida. Wow, right, I know. And then, um, uh, you know, I think Kyle Lowry's a player. That's pretty great. So there's, there's your facts. I am a fan of the Miami Heat. <laughs> um, yeah, but it is so good to be together. Um, yeah, my name is Amy, and I, one of my favorite things about the opportunity to um, speak and to be together at Young Adults is that I am also a young adult. I am also in the midst of um, wandering and wandering through my 20s. I'm also figuring out the complexities and the curiosities and the challenges of what it looks like to be a young adult following Jesus in today's culture. And so I love it because it just feels like I'm in my own living room and I get to just talk to my friends about these are the things that God's placed on my heart. And, and I just want to create space in, in this, tonight's message to just say, hey, if you're spiritually unresolved, if, if you're not sure what you believe, I just want to ask you and challenge you to just consider and, and just be curious about what God might be doing in your life, what God could do in your current state. And um, if anything, if, if, if you have questions about Jesus, I just want to just be here and say, hey, I'm here. I would love to, to chat with you. But um, I'm very excited because um, Evan's not here. I guess that's, I shouldn't say that. I'm not excited that Evan's not here. Um, I'm excited to be here. We love you, Evan. He'll listen to this later. Um, but I'm really excited because we're, we're going through this sermon uh, series right now called Practicing Presence. And um, tonight we are going to be talking about prayer. So I figured it would probably be a great way to begin is if we started with praying. Does that sound good? Excellent. Okay, let's pray. Um, Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you, first and foremost, for your presence and for your goodness, that you are a holy and loving and complete God. God, that in all circumstances, we can come with our messiness, with our, our um, confusion, with our, our brokenness, and we can trust that you love us and that you're for us. And so, Father, tonight I just ask that I'd be yours, that my words would reflect and glorify and honor you first and only. I love you, Jesus. Amen. 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 So I'm so I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to share with you the details and the things that I have have um, chewed on over the last week and a half about about um, tonight's message. But as we do that, I just wanted wanted to tell you that that as we're diving in, I this message is going to be split up into two parts and and just reflecting on two questions. And the first question is. Why do we pray? And then the next question is, how do we pray? And so just diving right into why do we pray? Why is prayer important? 
I think that the first thing that we need to understand and the first thing that we need to, to, to look at is that prayer is a way of life. Prayer is a way of life. It's not just another thing to check off of your spiritual checklist. It's not just something that we do because we say that we're Christians. It's not just something that we do in our heads. It's something that is a way of life. And the beautiful thing is, is that Jesus actually outlined a way of living because he prayer, prayed often. He prayed often. And this is a way for us to live, to be in relentless pursuit of God in the biggest moments of life and in the, in the smallest. And there are multiple different ways throughout Jesus's life that he prayed. He, he, was, he prayed by himself. He prayed in public. He, before meals, before important decisions, before healing and after healing, before teaching, before he, he was going to do something miraculous and all that he wanted to do was do the Father's will. After he was nailed to the cross, he prayed. And then after he was resurrected, he prayed. And Jesus outlines this way of life for us because I think that there's something to that. Jesus, in Matthew 7, verses 7 through 8, he spoke directly to this on too effective prayer. And he said, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You see, the beautiful thing about prayer and, and why we pray is that prayer is an opportunity for us to invite God into every single aspect of our lives. This is an invitation that we get to say, hey, I, I don't know everything, I need your help. And I know in my life that there have been, I've invited Jesus into the weirdest moments. Like literally, I've invited him into like, hey, I'm just looking for a really good pair of jeans, can you help me? I'm not kidding, I'm sorry, I'm a girl. <laughs> But I've asked him, I'm like, hey, will you just like help me? Like, like I just, it's stressful finding a good pair of jeans. And other times there, there are big situations that I have to invite God's perspective on. Just last week, I was driving downtown on my way back from dinner with my boyfriend's family. And there was a 15 month old baby walking on the side of the road by itself. I have never been more terrified in my entire life. Like, grab the baby, and I'm immediately just praying. And all I knew how to say was, I was like, Jesus. Like, Jesus, help, help us figure this out. Like, Lord, help. I don't even know what to even do with this. I'm like, am I about to adopt a child? Like, is this the situation? Like, I'm fully like, worst case scenario, right? Luckily, not five minutes later, the mom had just been down the street. The baby just escaped from the house somehow, and everything was fine. But <laughs> it was important for me to invite God, to invite Jesus into that moment because I know that I can't do it by myself. Prayer is a way of life. And Jesus tangibly showed us how God can meet and move in the midst of his life so that we can also know that God can tangibly meet and move in the midst of our lives. Prayer is a way of life no matter how big or small, the activity. Another thing I think for us to think about when, why do we pray is that prayer meets our deepest longings. 
Prayer helps meet our deepest longings. I heard this quote from a woman named Ruth Haley Barton, and it says this. When was the last time you felt it? Your, lo- your own longing, that is. Your longing for love. Your longing for God. Your longing to live your life as it is meant to be lived in God. Do not rush past this question, for it may be the most important question you ever ask. I think what I love about this quote is that it it causes me to pause, to think a little bit deeper. What is it that I long for? What is it that is the, the inner workings of my heart? Why, why is it the way that I am? And I think that for a lot of us, one of our deepest longings is that we want to be fully known and fully loved. There's something about us that craves connection. I mean, just look at how we spend our lives, right? With social media, we, we go on to social media because we want to be seen and known and hopefully loved. The way we spend our time on the weekends with the people that we're with because we hope that we'll be seen and known and loved. Or, or how, how, we spend our, how we spend our money, like we, we join gyms, right? Because we want to be seen and known and loved, sometimes for our muscles, but also because of who we are. <laughs> and I think that, that for us, like we, we do all of these things because we crave connection. I mean, you guys, I'm not on the be real train, but a lot of you have be real, be real, because you want <laughs> everyone to see you for who you really are, right? There's something within us that craves connection. And while connection with people is definitely worthwhile, there's a connection with God that surpasses all things because it meets that deeper longing of our hearts. And I believe that prayer meets us there. I believe that prayer is the pathway to form a line of communication with a relational creator as we are relational creatures. That is what prayer is all about. It's this this communication and connection with a living God who cares for us, who knows us fully, who sees us completely, and loves us wholly. And prayer helps meet that need. And the awesome thing about this is that that connection with God changes everything about our lives. I know for me, it has changed everything about my life because I know that there is a God who cares for me, who cares about the genes I'm looking for (laughs) and the people that come across my path. And, And with that connection, it it can, it can change anything and everything that we have to walk through. And it's all because we have direct access to him. I think that the third thing that, that we see for, for why we pray is that prayer forms us. Prayer forms us. In Psalms 4, verses 1 and then 7 through 8, it says this. Answer me when I call to you, O God who declares me innocent. Free me from my troubles. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. 
You have given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvests of grain and new wine. In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. You know, throughout the book of Psalms, um, there are many different accounts from David and from different people um, where they start off the beginning of the Psalms like, what is going on, man? Like, this is the worst day of my life. Like, I just am on the precipice of death. And then like five like, to 10 verses later, it's like, thanks, Lord. You know what? Everything is great. Everything is grand. I've got the whole wide world in the palm of my hand, right? That's a Muppet song, in case you were curious. Um, there's this perspective that, that we see throughout the Psalms where, where we realize where there's this resolution that happens immediately. And unfortunately, I think we've applied that to our own prayers. Is that we, we want an immediate resolution to what we're, whatever we're dealing with. But I think that the truth is, is that prayer forms us and transforms us in a process that there is a process to our prayers, not immediate resolution. There's a refinement before the resolution. Have you ever actually paid attention to what you're praying for? Is it safety? Is it peace? Is it clarity? Is it success? What are the things that, that color your prayers? What are the things that motivate you? Because I think if we paid attention to what we're actually praying for, we would recognize that maybe God's trying to transform something in us. I know for me in, in so many different areas of my life that, that I have had maybe disordered desires when it comes to the Father. That my desire for comfort maybe isn't exactly what he wants for me right now, that he can get me through a lot of pain, even though I want comfort. Maybe my desire for peace, right? I want peace in my life is, actually he's gonna do so much more through the storm and I can trust him through it. What are the things that you are praying for because yes, prayer is an opportunity for us to connect with him. Prayer is a way for us to have peace, to release control, but maybe also prayer is an opportunity for us to not just receive and to consume, but to contribute and be transformed. Maybe prayer is meant to form us. Maybe prayer is meant to give us something more. And that something more is to ultimately look like Jesus. To follow his ways, to follow his plans. Prayer forms us. And that's a beautiful motivation to why we should pray. So we know why we pray. So how do we pray? How do we pray? And I think that the best way for us to understand how to pray is to look at what Jesus outlined for us multiple different times in the Gospels. And so in Matthew 6, verses 1 through 4, it says this. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage 
the focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. So the first thing I think we need to do when it comes to how we pray is to slow down and be with God. You know, I wanna ask you a question because I have personally been chewing on this myself. How busy is your life? How busy is your life? Maybe you don't have a lot of things that fill your calendar, but is your attention constantly distracted? How busy is your life? No shame, no condemnation. Because people have said that to me so many times, you're so busy, and I'm like, I know, I know, thanks. And I feel so bad, that's not the point. The point is, what if, what if you could be missing out on something more? Because I know in my own life that there have been so many times that the world and my, and my job and relationships and all these different things have required me to be on all the time, to have my attention fixed on different things. And then I'm carried away with a multitude of conflicting concerns. I'm surrendered to too many demands. I'm committing to too many projects. I'm wanting to help everyone and everything that they're doing. And I end up losing sight of the peace that God has in store for me if I just took the time to slow down, to be quiet and just be with him. And I wonder if we slow down often enough that we would experience more joy and contentment and peace in our lives. In Luke 11, verses one through four, it says this. One of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and don't let us yield to temptation. I love these verses because they're the perfect framework for what we need when it comes to praying. It's very simple and yet there are some things that we can pull from it and so the second thing that we, I think we can do is to just remember who God is because the characteristics of who God is can directly meet our greatest needs. His mercy can meet us when we are less than. His goodness can meet us when we are falling and failing. There, is, there are great things to remember about who he is and the world will constantly try to get our attention away from him. So spend time remembering who he is. And we can also, as we remember who he is, we can also praise him for that. Because there's something about when we remember who he is, or it just naturally pours out as praise and worship. The third thing we can do is to participate in what he's doing. That part where it says, may your kingdom come. May your kingdom come. It's, it's a way for us to say, Lord, I want to do what you're doing. I want to participate in what you are doing. I want to live my life in what you are doing. Participate in what he is doing. Because we have a part to play when it comes to bringing God's kingdom on earth. 
You have a part to play in helping other people feel seen and known and love. Participate in what he's doing, in what he's saying. Ask him, what do you want me to do? What are you doing? Show me. The fourth thing we can do is to invite him into our days. Just simply extend an invitation. That part where it says, give us each day the food we need. Give us each day the food we need. When I read this and I thought about food, I was like, okay, well, food fuels us, right? So what do you need to fuel you right now? Do you need peace? Do you need wisdom? Do you need direction? Do you need protection? What are the things that will help fuel you to, to do the things that he's asked you to do? And that starts by us inviting him into that. That starts by us asking him simply. And it can be as simple as talking to him about, like one time I prayed that I was looking for this very specific L-shaped couch, okay? Prayed for it for like a month. And I love talking about this couch because it's dope. And I literally prayed for this couch for a month. And I was like, Lord, I just would love to find a couch for my basement. And this is what I'm looking for. (laughs) And I just asked. And one day, I happened to walk into Montana Rescue Mission. God bless MRM. Um, And they were having a 50% off furniture Friday. (laughs) And I got this couch for $100. It was brand new. And it was an L-shaped gray couch. Like, come on. Favor of the Lord. Thanks, Jesus. Anyway. (laughs) But for things as simple as that, he loves to be a part of our lives. Just invite him into your day. And you can also invite him into those, those broken, disordered, uneven unsure places of your life as well. Because I've seen God's power move in a couch. (laughs) And I've also seen God's power move in restoring the hearts of people. Invite him into your day. The fifth thing I think we can do and to learn from that is just tell him about your sin. Just tell him when you mess up. I think... It's so easy for me to think that, that because I'm a believer that everything should just make sense, you know? Everything is just, just, should just click. Like, I shouldn't mess up anymore. Like, this is just a part of the process. But what I'm beginning to recognize the older that I get in my long 27 years um, is that becoming like Jesus is, is a process. It's not an arrival. It's a process. And there's grace for that. And the beautiful thing about, about being connected with, with Jesus is that when I feel like I have to isolate away from him, when I feel like I have to keep him at arm's length until I have my stuff together, he pulls us in closer. He says, come here. And the great thing about that is that my stuff doesn't have to remain hidden with him. So just, just tell him about it. No shame, no guilt, no condemnation. He already dealt with that. We can walk in freedom. So just walk in freedom. Graciously tell on yourself. 
And the beautiful thing about that, when you tell on yourself, you know when you're a kid and you told on yourself and your parents are like, proud of you, but also don't do that, right? <laughs> I feel like there's this, this pride that Jesus has for us when we're just like, this is what I'm dealing with. Let me just be honest and free with you. Tell him about where you're messing up. And, and I think when we know how he forgives us because he does and he will, then we know a little bit more about what it looks like to forgive and love others. And finally, keep praying. Keep praying. First Thessalonians 5, 17. Easiest verse to memorize. Never stop praying. Never stop praying praying. Even if you have been asking the Lord for something for a very long time, do not give up. In the waiting, he is working. In the waiting, oh, thank you, Siri. So sorry. (laughs) In the waiting, he is working. He has a plan and a process. Keep moving forward. Keep praying. Keep going to him. He hears you, he sees you, he knows you, and he loves you. He will come through for you. He's never let the righteous fall in. Trust him and keep praying. And so to finish this evening, I think that the best way that we can do that is to just pray. To just spend some time in an unhurried pace. And, and one of my favorite things that I do in the morning when I wake up, and sometimes when I'm falling asleep going to bed, um, is there's this app called Lectio365. It's truly one of the best apps that I've ever used, and it's just a prayer app. It's just a, an, an app that, that you just can hit play on, and it will read you this thing, or you can read through the prayer too. But it has helped me so much in how I frame my prayers, and even just starting my prayers. And one of my favorite things about that is that it starts off in a very specific way that I want to read over you all. And so in this moment, if you feel comfortable, if it's crossing your arms, okay, if that's comfortable for you, if it's leaning your head back, if it's, if it's leaning forward on your knees, whatever is comfortable for you, I just wanted to create space, just a minute of us just being present, to be still, to listen, to just... Enter into the presence of God. And so let me read this over you and let's just be unhurried together. And maybe you'll untangle your, unthir- uh, your, your hurried thoughts. Maybe you'll deal with things with the Lord in this second. Maybe all you'll feel is peace. Whatever it is, just be. Right now I pause to be still. To breathe slowly to center my scattered senses upon the presence of God. As we draw near to you, draw near to us. Teach us to pray. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening.
Now, O oh Lord, calm me into a quietness that heals and listens and molds my longings and passions, my wounds and wonderings into a more holy and human shape. King Jesus, we love you. We're grateful for how you sustain us and fill us and spur us on. You help us to just simply invite you into all aspects of our lives to be transformed by communication with you. Yeah, we love you, Lord. Thanks for all you're doing. Thanks for being relational and for connecting with us. In your name, amen. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.